Hey everyone, welcome back to the Video Games Podcast. This is the 58th episode and another in the list of what will be known as the self-isolation episodes. I hope everyone listening out there is being smart, staying safe, and more importantly, keeping sane. Firstly, a big thank you for giving this week's episode a listen. Whether you're new or returning, I would just like to say thank you. On this week's show, we are looking at some changes to release dates from blockbuster games to smaller games and from small delays to indefinite delays. We're also going to talk in-depth about Nintendo's rumored surprise birthday party for someone a little later on this year. And hopefully the speculation is true, but in a related Nintendo tangent. Last week on the Nintendo Direct Mini, they announced and released a little game called Good Job, and we just posted a review, so give our review a look. The link will be posted in the description. But first, let's start talking about some release date changes right after this. Before talking about anything video games related, I think it needs to be said that gaming concerns are basically non-issues when looked at under the same microscope as the current global health crisis. There are much bigger problems in the world that we are aware of, and it's important to not only thank all the people in the healthcare field, on the front lines working in essential services who are doing the best that they can for the benefit of humanity, but that we also do our part. And having said that, it's important to know that we love gaming, we love talking about it, so let's continue to talk about it with some of the bigger stories of the week. As of right now, we hadn't really seen a major shift in gaming release dates, and up until now, the only thing in the gaming world that's really been affected has been all of the shows and events including GDC, E3, and many more. If you're also working from home and this hasn't been your standard setup, then you understand that things just don't work as smoothly from home. You don't have the same equipment, there's plenty of white noise from the outside world, and overall, just a lot more challenges to maintain the same output of work. This is why so many people are waiting for the other shoe to drop in regards to game delays, even possibly delays of the Series X or the PS5. And although we've heard from Microsoft in the past few weeks that Plan A is still moving forward, and I think you have to say that until you're positive you won't make the release date, things might change. Things seem to shift this week with some games announcing official changes to the release dates, although not all were delays. Square Enix decided that with the current logistical situation, trying to launch simultaneously in all regions would be basically impossible. Square made the official announcement earlier in the week that ahead of the official release date of April 10th for Final Fantasy VII, they would be making changes. And they said, These unique circumstances have made it very difficult to align timing of our global shipping. Our highest priority is that all of you, including those who live in countries currently facing the biggest disruption, can play the game at launch. So we made the decision to ship the game far earlier than usual to Europe and Australia. To everyone, we would ask one big favor. If you get the game early, please think of others and don't spoil it for them. I think there are a few things to unpack here. First, by the end of the week, people were already playing the game, which is great for them. And I think this move by Square is smart and you are less likely to anger fans who've been waiting for this game for a while and who might have possibly even pre-ordered the game. There's also a chance that the situation gets worse when talking about closing essential and non-essential businesses and what will be shipped from online retailers. So there is zero predictability as to what will happen moving forward and getting the game into hands of the players now is better than it possibly not making into their hands at all. 
The second thing is how they are asking people who receive their copy early to not spoil Final Fantasy VII. And while that might sound a little funny due to the fact that the game came out in 1997, there have likely been a lot of alterations to the storyline that lends itself to the episodic nature that Square has chosen for the Final Fantasy VII remake. Also, there are probably many gamers out there who this will be their first time playing this particular game, or maybe even possibly the series. For myself, this was one of my bigger blind spots in my gaming catalog. We own Final Fantasy VII as a household, but based on my age and based on the limited time that I was able to get on the system, I only played a few hours of it and somehow I have avoided major spoilers. I played the demo about a month ago, and with my memory not remembering much of the original, I am very much looking forward to playing this game as if it's a brand new game. Square echoed this sentiment in their post by finishing off by saying, We know that there are potential spoilers that have been out there for over two decades as the original was released in 1997. But Final Fantasy VII Remake is a new game that still has many surprises for everyone. And I think this is a smart move by Square to get the game out there when they can. And if you're looking forward to this game, then be careful to avoid spoilers because people already have it. On the flip side of the coin, not all games will be coming out early. One of my most anticipated games at the start of 2020 was Minecraft Dungeons, alongside other games like Cyberpunk 2077 and Halo Infinite. And both of those games are very much up in the air as to whether or not they will be released, as the world will be very different between now and the fall. As for Minecraft, I never overly clicked with it, but I can very much appreciate its mass appeal. Diablo, on the other hand, has always been one of my favorite series, and from what it looks like, Minecraft Dungeons looks to blend these two series together, and I for one am very excited. Minecraft Dungeons was revealed a few years back, and it's likely been in development a few years before that. Mojang's RPG was supposed to be released this April. However, this week it was announced that the game has been delayed by only about a month as the new release date is May 26. Minecraft Dungeons looks to tweak the Blizzard formula by randomly generating dungeons, which I am all for as someone who is only a few bounties left in one challenge away from a platinum trophy. Sometimes running the same adventure through the same levels gets a little repetitive, but there are some arguments to be made for either side of this coin. There is also local co-op, and that is always a great thing as I love playing games together on the couch with my significant other. Minecraft has been supported extremely well since its release, and I am very hopeful that dungeons will be in the same boat. And based on the versions of the game, with one featuring upcoming DLC, there will be plenty of post-launch content. The team stated that the slight delay was due to the current situation of the world and the health and safety of the team being the most important factor. And they said, we wanted to guarantee the health and safety of our teams and empower them to deliver the best possible experience to you, our players. We hope you'll find it was worth the wait. And while the delay of Minecraft Dungeons is one of the first major titles delayed, there was also the delay of Wasteland 3, the upcoming RPG from InXile who were recently purchased from Xbox Game Studios, although this game will be their final title to be released before they were acquired. However, even though a lot of gamers were looking forward to these two games, the biggest delay of the week was the Sony exclusive. Lots of people have been questioning if The Last of Us 2 would be coming out on May 29th considering how some of the elements of the game might be a little too parallel to real life at the moment and that sales may have been jeopardized. I personally thought that the release of the hugely anticipated sequel was so close that it was still going to be released. 
While it might seem like most people are self-isolating right now and more people are playing games than ever, the harder part is the logistics. Gaming stores are all but closed right now and more are closing every day if they're not. Amazon is shipping essential items in priority at the moment and shipping things globally seems like quite an issue based on the statement that Square released regarding shipping Final Fantasy VII early. This week, Sony announced on Twitter... SIE has made the difficult decision to delay the launch of The Last of Us 2 until further notice. Logistically, the global health crisis is preventing us from providing the launch experience our players deserve. This delay certainly seems like it will have ripple effects moving forward. What does this mean for Ghost of Tsushima? Was this delay truly due to logistical problems, or was Sony more concerned with the subject matter affecting the game's sales? And then there's also the outside possibility that the game wasn't going to be ready, and that with Naughty Dog already delaying the game, maybe Sony wanted to be the one to delay it this time. Sony is most likely taking a wait-and-see approach on Ghost of Tsushima, and will likely give it another month or so to make the decision regarding the Sucker Punch IP. Assuming Ghost of Tsushima comes out at the end of June, where does Sony then reinsert The Last of Us 2? I would normally say that releasing in the summer doesn't make sense for a massive blockbuster game, but I don't think the month of the year is that important as it used to be as opposed to proper timing. Naughty Dog has seen success with games like the original Last of Us, Uncharted 4, and Lost Legacy being released in May, June, and August. The bigger question is, does this game get the same treatment that Nintendo gave Breath of the Wild when it was released simultaneously on the Wii U and the Switch back in 2017? If that's the case, then it would be pretty smart on behalf of Sony to get the most polish on the game while maximizing the potential customers for the game as the install base for the PS4 would mathematically be at its highest point and that people buying the PS5 would have something shiny to buy. Based on how many companies are being forced to work from home right now, there are likely many games that were slated for the PS5 launch window that will most likely have to be pushed out. Having a game like The Last of Us 2 launching alongside the new console would be a very smart move and has clearly worked for Nintendo. The good news is that gamers also seem like they are much more understanding of delays due to the nature of the world at the moment. Only time will tell, but I can see Sony giving The Last of Us 2 the same treatment that Breath of the Wild got in 2017 with a simultaneous launch on their two systems. Last week, we talked about how we are still in the dark when it comes to what Nintendo is planning for 2020. Obviously, what they might have been planning at the start of the year is probably very different to what they are planning now. The only major Nintendo release that is on the table as of right now is Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, which is coming out May 29th. We did get an Indie World Showcase Direct and a Direct Mini in March, but nothing that will really be giving Nintendo an anchor in the fall. Nothing to use for marketing or selling systems around. Nintendo needs something to compete and keep the momentum moving on the Switch, as sales have been very bullish since its release back in 2017. With Switches either scarce or sold out at the moment, it will be interesting to see data and sales charts when Nintendo releases their fiscal year 20 annual report on May 7th. My hope is that we will get a direct with some big announcements before the May 7th annual report, as it will be expected that at least some important dates and plans for the remainder of 2020 will be included in the report, and it's expected because you need to keep your shareholders happy and entice potential investors as to why the company can take your money and provide you with an ROI. I think it would just get a much better reception from fans and potential investors if information was released using a direct, 
rather than being buried in the pages of an annual report. Although, there might just be too much in limbo right now regarding release dates, reduced factory production, and limited office work to commit to announcing anything. There have been plenty of different rumors for what Nintendo plans to do that have been floating around, but nothing that has really had any credibility until this week when Video Game Chronicle and Eurogamer both revealed some information. And according to their sources, 2020 is marking the 35th anniversary of Super Mario. And in 1985, Super Mario Bros. was released in Japan on the Famicom and on the NES in North America. But this wasn't the first game to feature the now-famous plumber, but it was the one that put him on the map. I mean, my dentist office had an NES with Super Mario Bros. in the waiting room. It could be argued that this game was the main reason that the NES was such a success and could even be argued that it saved video games. Gaming crashed hard in the 80s and there was a time when it seemed like it wouldn't rebound. And then when it came bundled with Duck Hunt a few years later, that was when my parents bought the system for our household and ever since then I have had a real soft spot not only for Super Mario but also for Nintendo. The report is that Nintendo has big plans for the 35th anniversary, including releasing the majority of the Super Mario games that have been out since 1985. And although these two sources corroborating on the story make it seem more authentic, a lot of questions arise. Which games will be released? Will it be a collection like Super Mario All-Stars? Will they be remakes or remasters? According to the articles, there will also be a deluxe version of Super Mario 3D World in the same vein as the other underappreciated or underplayed Wii U titles that have made their way to the Switch so far, including Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, New Super Mario Bros., Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which has gone on to sell over 20 million copies as of the end of 2019. The other big addition to the 35th anniversary celebration is that there will also be an all-new Paper Mario. According to the report, Mario's 35th anniversary party was supposed to be the focus of Nintendo's E3 presentation. Clearly, with the cancellation of E3, many things are still up in the air as to when companies are going to be making their big reveals. In fact, this week, Bethesda made the announcements that they won't be holding any digital event this June as Pete Hines tweeted that out this week. Bethesda was the first major company to step away and indefinitely adjust their plans and I wonder how the rest of the industry will follow suit and more relevant, how will Nintendo adjust? If these articles are accurate and I am understanding them correctly, then it seems like a logical assumption in that we will be getting at least three SKUs for Mario this year with a new RPG Paper Mario, Super Mario 3D World Deluxe, and a Super Mario All-Stars 35th. I can't imagine them bundling the deluxe version of 3D World with the rest of the entries as I think that can be its own title on itself. And I think putting together an All-Stars package for the rest of the entries makes it a must-buy at full price. If you separated some of the games like Sunshine Galaxy and 64 and sold them for maybe 29 or 39 per, then I think Nintendo does risk the chance of people only selecting their absolute favorites and not spending as much overall as they would have to be forced on an All-Stars package where you just can't pass it up. I think the new releases that are speculated for this 35th anniversary collection are enough to compete with the new consoles from Sony and Microsoft should they actually be released this holiday. 
Although I am curious if these Mario games will be the only major titles from Nintendo for the second half of 2020. The Breath of the Wild sequel that was rumored no longer makes sense with Mario's 35th anniversary in play. The other large factor to consider is that 1986 marks the first release of Metroid and Legend of Zelda, which makes 2021 the 35th anniversary for those two series. Zelda and Metroid both seem to make a lot more sense in 2021 when looked at under the same light as this speculated 35th anniversary collection that we are getting later this year for Mario. Something fun to think about is where does Nintendo plan to release some of the other franchises that have yet to make an original appearance on the Switch? Series like Donkey Kong, Mario Kart, and Mario Golf come to mind in addition to other huge third-party titles that will be coming to the system. And what about the speculation of the pro version of the system? Nintendo did confirm that they did not have any plans to release an updated Switch in 2020, but does 2021 make more sense when there is no competition from Sony and Microsoft with new consoles? One of the more fun things to think about and theorize is what Nintendo is up to. And this Mario's 35th anniversary collection definitely has the wheels turning, but until they confirm anything, don't get too excited as Nintendo likes to march to their own beat and so far it's worked out pretty well for them. That's going to be it for the show this week. As you can see, the gaming landscape is constantly changing, and we still have so many games to play that we shouldn't really be mad for any of these delays. Jump into your backlog or pick up a game on sale digitally that you've always wanted to try. Now, I didn't want the podcast to go on too long, but I was going to talk about the interview that Ryan McCaffrey had with the head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, on this week's episode of IGN Unlocked. In the nature of keeping things shorter, though, I will just tell you to go and check it out yourself if you haven't already, but one of the highlights for me includes Phil saying some of the things regarding the logistics in China have started to return to somewhat of a normal state, and that is good news for the targets that Xbox has for holiday 2020. The interview is over a little hour with Phil, and it's definitely worth checking out. And as always, though, remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, and more importantly, be nice to your fellow human, and I'll see you next week.